A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hello, I'm Jess Phillips, and welcome back to Yours Sincerely. Now, most of you might know I'm an MP in Birmingham. But what you might not know is that I've always been a prolific letter writer and know the power of putting words to paper. So in this podcast, I give my guests a chance to celebrate three people that mean the world to them. Someone they love, someone who's no longer around, and someone who doesn't realise how significant a role they've played in their lives. And when we've heard more about each person, they'll reveal how they would sign off each letter. Evie Pickerel is a TV presenter, actress and singer best known for presenting on the children's TV channels CBeebies and CBBC. Evie is a champion for children's mental health charity Place to Be and fronted the BBC campaign Mood Boosters, an initiative to get primary school aged children learning about mental health and well-being. Today I'm excited to talk to her about the letters she would send to three people who mean the world to her. So, hello, Evie. How are you? Hello, Jess. I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm not too bad. And you're in Manchester or Salford. I am. I am. But... I'm in Media City, which is in uh, Salford. Yeah, Media City. It's fancy there now, isn't it? It is fancy. It's like a teeny tiny little London. It is, which, you know, I think it's really good that media stuff moved there. But if you go on breakfast TV, ever you have to drive up to Manchester and I'm just like, oh, I can't just do it in Birmingham. Anyway. There needs to be like little uh, breakfast studios everywhere, doesn't there, really? So this podcast, Evie, is all about letter writing. Are you much of a letter writer? I am. How old are you, Evie? I'm 30. I have a thesis that people who are under the age of 30, 30 or under, don't do much letter writing. So I hope you're going you're gonna to break this mould for me. I am, actually. Up until recently, so my boyfriend... Alex, who is a massive fan of yours. Um, I just want to say that. He adores you. He's away on tour at the moment. Um, He's an actor and he's been away since January. But he writes me a letter, a handwritten letter, every place he goes to. So You should immediately marry him. (laughs) That's my advice to you. He sounds like a good guy. He is a good Uh, guy. Marry him immediately. He is. He's on tour, like touring in a play? Yeah, he's on tour. He's in a play of Around the World in 80 Days, playing Phileas Fogg. (gasps) Oh, my God, how amazing. It is amazing, but I miss him. And to help the distance, he writes me a handwritten letter usually about four pages. My God, that's some effort. It is. Earlier, I just sent my husband, maybe don't marry him because this is what will happen to you because I've been married for some years, uh, decades, in fact, (laughs) and um, I sent my husband a weather report saying it might snow and just said, put the pots in the greenhouse. (laughs) So, you know, that's what you've got to look forward to. The idea that my husband would pen me a four-page missive seems unlikely. (laughs) 
Well, you know, I'm pretty sure that if we get to marriage in 20 years, that's yeah, the text I'll you're be sending be to him. Get toilet the roll via text yeah, Get message. toilet roll. <laughs> we ran out of soap. <laughs> oh, how lovely. And are they it like is. love letters or are they just like, yeah. you know, like, oh my God, that is so old fashioned. How old is Alex? He's 34. I thought you were um, going to say he's like, he's 94. And I was going to be like, well, he's, he's 89. This is a, maybe potentially a less charming story, but then now I can understand why he's sending so many letters. It's just because he he can't work a phone, so he has to send me a letter. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they're really lovely. And, um, I mean, I've only just been able to start understanding his handwriting. They're very beautiful to look at, but to read, they're very hard. Yeah. I have to read them a few times to understand them because his handwriting is so beautiful, yet very hard to understand. Do you think it's slightly method of him to do this? Because, like, I imagine Phileas Fogg in the story, like, <laughs> the idea is that he's travelling around and he's writing amazing letters and journaling the journey. I imagine there's an element of method. Jess, I think you've actually hit the nail on the head there. Maybe <laughs> that's right. And also Maybe. he loves you and wants to tell you, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, of course, but he's just very method. He's a very good actor, so maybe that's his technique. How cool. It is. It must it be is. hard with him being away, though. It's really, really hard because I think any relationship at a distance, it just, I mean, I think any relationship requires communication. Mm. But um, it's just hard when you have those pockets of time and then you have to say goodbye. But, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Mm -hmm. And those letters surely help as well. It's that feeling and it never gets older of opening your postbox and seeing a letter. Yeah. Do you write back to him then? I do, I write back to him. Oh my gosh, how delightful. Yeah. I feel like this is like you're going to be the revolution and people are going to start doing this more it's and honestly, more honestly, if anyone, I would definitely recommend writing letters to each other. It's the most gorgeous thing and the feeling is so lovely. And you'll have them forever. I mean, yeah. even though you can keep emails in the cloud or whatever forever, it doesn't. it's not the but same. But it's not the same as a handwritten letter. Like with birthday cards, I love a nice message in a birthday card. Mm, exactly, you can keep it. You can keep and, it. Oh, and one day, you know, you'll look over it and yeah. re regardless of what happens, it's still... The it's sentiment so written down. Mm. Also, you, the amount you think you remember, and then when you look back over things you've written, you think, I don't remember this at all. No, no recollection whatsoever. And so it's really nice to have, like, a written record of, you know, those years. Oh, that is so lovely and romantic. Definitely, definitely. You should write back in the letter and say, will you marry me? <laughs> <laughs> That's my suggestion. <laughs> I'm always no, trying to push marriage on people and I have no idea why. I just think it's an old-fashioned <laughs> institution. However, I'm constantly like, why aren't you married yet to any young person who I'm near? Because mainly I just like weddings. Yeah, and there's a really... It's lovely to be married. It's a really, really happy thing. So, yeah, I'm all for it. And also, with absence makes the heart grow fonder, I don't live with my husband for half of the week. And during the Easter holidays, he said to me, this two weeks has been quite tough. I definitely sleep better when you're not <laughs> here. Always... Um, which was charming. But it makes me look forward to seeing him, like, on a Thursday when I get back to my family. I'm, like, excited to see them. Sometimes that I is bet. met with great disappointment when you walk in the house and they're, they're in the middle of having, like, an absolute blazing round with two teenage boys. I'm a bit like, I wish I'd stayed in the car. OK, bye then. See you all later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. I've actually got a meeting I've got to go to. It used to be that I used to use my children as an excuse to get out of meetings and now I use meetings as a way excuse. of getting away from my children. So it's a beautiful ecosystem. But it is so lovely that you've still got that excitement when you come home, though. Oh, 100%. It's so exciting. Like I'm like, I like race to get there oh, and see them. So I 
try and get home in time to watch Taskmaster with them on a Thursday night. I love oh, it's Taskmaster. The best, isn't it? It's Oh, it's, it's the, the absolute. And every single time, like I think, I don't know how I would come up with anything in that short space of time. No, People 100%, are so creative. 100%. They're so creative. The tasks just get better oh, and better. Oh, my gosh, how do they invent them? Do you have any letters other than this amazing correspondence with your boyfriend that you've kept, like letters um, of note from your history? I've kept cards. Mm-hmm. And um, it's like I said, birthday cards. And I'm really pleased I have, especially for my grandparents, because obviously when, you know, I've lost all four of them now, which I'm very lucky that I had all four of them in my life. But um, I'm really pleased that I've kept those cards because I think just having, just seeing their handwriting is, you know, such a... Yeah, it's really distinctive, isn't it? Oh, it Older is. people's handwriting. And you could <laughs> tell it was from you your nan. You could always be like, oh, yeah. this letter, it's from nan. I used to have an auntie who underlined everything with a uh, ruler and it was absolutely beautiful handwriting. And I'd always be like, oh, it must be from Auntie Betty, which does slightly ruin the surprise of opening the letter, but still nice. So I've asked you to think about three different people, three different letters that you would want to send. So the first one would be to somebody who means the world to you. So who would that be? I think it would have to be my mum. Oh, I love it when it's people's mums. Yeah. I love how you say mum as well. Mum, So many yes. people go mum and I'm like, no, it's mum. I make them change the record of the parliamentary debate because they were writing, when I was referring to myself or referring to a mum or my mum, they were writing it as mum and I made them change it's it. It's mum. The amount it's of mom. cards that I've had to get from Card Factory where it says mum and then I'll draw an O yeah. on the... Oh. And people always say to me, it's so American. I'm like, it's not American, no, it's, it's from the Midlands. It's from the Midlands. You bastards. <laughs> it is real, that's how we talk. It is, and it is my mum. I mean, I don't think I would be sat here talking to you if it wasn't for my mum. Well, I wouldn't be because I wouldn't be born. <laughs> but I mean, in terms of the support she's given me over the years, is just, I, I can't even put into words. What's your mum's name? Bev, Beverly. Beverly. And funny fact, um, she was actually named... My granddad used to be a milkman around Dudley and um, he used to deliver milk to Lenny Mm -hmm. Henry's house and he heard, uh, I think, Lenny's mum or dad say the name Beverly because that's Lenny's sister and he was like, oh, that's a nice name. I I have uh, to say, all the people I know called Bev are from the Black Country. Yeah, it must (laughs) be a Black Country It must be like a common name in the Black Country. It must be, but yeah, Bev. Bev. Um, And, yeah, she's from Dudley. Or Gornal. Gornal. I mean, this Gornal. is this is it, this is deeply um, micro local between the two yeah, of us. It is. Just yes. letting you know, my Gornal is my different mom. to Dudley, lest you mistake the two. <laughs> upper um, Gornal, isn't it? Upper Gornal and Lower Gornal. Gornal and Lower Gornal. Yeah, that's She's right. from Upper Gornal. Yeah. Greens. She's from Upper Gornal. I like that. <laughs> I'd like to clarify. She's from Upper, upper Gornal. Gornal. I absolutely love that. The, in the Black Country, uh, in the West Midlands, there is nowhere more parochial in the world. Like, if you accuse somebody of being from, like, Cradley Heath, who's from Wensbury, it's as if you've stolen their firstborn child and beaten them around the face repeatedly. It's that offensive. I'm like, sorry, it seems the same to me. Yeah, I know. I've heard it many times. I'm like, oh, I didn't know there was this big of a deal, but there really is. And people accuse me of being from... Well, they don't accuse me of being from Dudley, but whenever they do uh, and people mimic a Birmingham accent, they go... Oh, I'm from, you know, I'm from Dudley. It's that accent and it's like, that's not what I sound like, actually. But you know what, though? I don't think there's a warmer accent. Maybe Uh, I'm biased. Yeah, it is good. But any time I hear our accent, I'm like, 
oh, I love it. I just feel at home. I love the different words that get used. So I remember... Yeah, all right, Bab. When I was working in Sandwell at Women's Aid, we'd advertise for a job um, and loads of people had applied. And we'd said, look, we can't get back to you if you've not been offered an interview because we don't have the capacity to get back to everybody who applies. And we'd had hundreds. And people kept ringing the reception. There's a woman called Sam, who was from Dudley, who answered the phone. She just kept saying, if you are her, you are Gary. That's <laughs> like that. And then just putting the phone down on people. If you are her, you are yeah. Gary. <laughs> I loved it. If you are her, you are Gary. And you'll always be referred to like, yeah. oh, ah, Jess is, or I mean, Harry. It is, it is a very warm and lovely place, actually, Dudley. It is. Dudley's area is not so a warm lovely. And lovely place. I just have vague memories of looking no, at sad but, animals when I was a child. No, it's not. The, the, no. I think it's improved, though. Has it? I've, not, I've literally not been since I, 1985, so yeah, I can't, I I can't speak to it. I think it's a lot warmer now. Is it, it is. better now? It is. Good it for is. Dudley Zoo. Yes. <laughs> I just had, like, one very sad big cat when I was a kid. <laughs> oh, no. In the 70s, my brother, when my parents lived in Samwell, my brother bit my other brother and my mum when he was, like, four, just picked him up, drove him to Dudley Zoo and left him there. Said, if you're going to behave like an animal, we're going to leave you with them. Which you wouldn't get away with these days. But in the 70s, that was totally acceptable behaviour. He's still, he's still there. there today. He lives at Dudley Zoo. He's the sad big cat. <laughs> <laughs> so your mum, is, she's originally from Dudley, and does she, she still is. live there? She did well. They live in Kingsford now. Oh, that's um, yeah. A slight cut above for any listeners who don't know the, <laughs> uh, the the ins and outs of the Midlands. <laughs> but no, she is a powerhouse of a woman, and she is without a doubt the most supportive. She has been the most supportive person. I suppose a lot of children all have a dream of being, you know, a singer or a dancer, mm. or and she just had the right level of not a pushy parent, but supportive parent. And um, I wouldn't have been able to do hardly any of the things that I have got to do without her being there. I mean, you know, I used to do Amdram from the age of eight and she was there chaperoning. She was even the cow in um, Jack and the Beanstalk on stage. <laughs> I mean, that's going above and beyond the call of duty, that is, being it the is, cow. It is, you know, she'd drive me here, there and everywhere to for me to be doing what I'm doing. And, you know, my sister as well. She's just... Our biggest fans. I don't think that people realise. My husband's cousin was a Premier League footballer and, like, their whole family had to be dedicated to that. For your child to succeed in one of these uh, sort of elite environments, especially, like, you know, where you have to travel a lot, it means, like, your family all getting up at, like, four in the morning to take you to, like, swim practice or, like, to take you to, you know, do a run in a theatre production... It's a massive, massive commitment for families. And my mum, up until my CBeebies audition five years ago, we made a trip of it. Me, my nan, my sister, my mum, we all came to Media City, the four of us, for me to do my audition. My nan, my mum, my sister all walked around Media City. Then we had a trip to the Trafford Centre and made a day of it. Excellent. You've got to make a day of it. We've got to make a day of it. But nine times out of ten, she's been there with me at these auditions, or not all of them, I mean, oh, my God. Imagine my mum at the back of a dance recall. (laughs) (laughs) She wasn't there for then. But she's just, yeah, been a staple in my whole life, and not just in this career, I mean, in just a support system growing up as a young woman. Your mum's making me feel bad because I really do not invest in any extracurricular activities for my children. (laughs) 
I really feel like maybe I should be like getting, you know, them taking them around to do things. They seem to mainly want to go to parties and uh, sleep well, in. Go. So I'm more than happy to support no, that dream. Exactly, exactly. I mean, I was doing choral society with a bunch of 75-year-olds on a Friday night, you know, <laughs> when I was 15. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. <laughs> that was not, not every Friday so night. cool. So cool. How chuffed was she when you got the CBBS job? Oh, my gosh. It was just, I think for all of us, we were just in shock. We couldn't believe it. Uh, I didn't get it first time. It took me a year because I did the audition and, unfortunately, I didn't get it that time. But that obviously kept me in mind. And then it was out of the blue I got this call. So then I called my mum. I was like, Mum, you're never going to guess what? And she was like, oh, my God, oh, my... And that's all she said for, I think, a good five minutes. I think we're still in shock, if I'm honest. She must be really proud of you. Yeah, she is, but I think... I don't know, not that I ever go... I don't want to say that I'm big-headed or anything. I'd hate for people to think <laughs> that, but she brings you back down to earth as well. Yeah. And that's the beauty of it. Yeah, yeah. That is, I have to say, though, a truly Midlands thing, though, is to basically, the language of love is to take the piss yeah. uh, out of you for in any way. My husband always says that I should write a book called Take Yourself Down a Peg or Two. You're nowhere near as good as you think you are. <laughs> Just charming of him. Very charming. It's a very Birmingham sentiment, that, though, the sort of, like, don't get a bob on yourself. No. This is a thing, but I think it grounds you and I think it, you know, brings you back down to earth because ultimately, whatever you do, whoever you are, you're human. No one is better than anyone. We're, yeah. you know, and that's what you have to remember. It doesn't matter if you're on telly, it doesn't matter if you're working as a receptionist, you, you know better than anyone. I remember once I'd won an award for some community work I'd done and I was going on, I think it was this morning, the TV, wow. but long before I was a Member of Parliament. And there was, a, I, I literally, I'm not just trying to protect this person's identity, I literally can't remember. There was a woman from The Only Way is Essex, which was massive mm -hmm. then, sat next to me in the makeup chair. And the makeup woman was saying to her, Oh, my daughter runs a dance school in Essex. Um, would you mind if we just did a little video to say well done to the girls in their dance competition or something like that? And this person from uh, The Only Way is Essex was literally like, oh, well, I have to charge you for that. I was like, oh, my God, that's the worst thing I've ever heard. And I'm just sort of sat there in the chair. And then she came to do my hair and she was sort of brushing my hair aggressively in anger at what had just been said to her. Then she was saying to this person, she was like, oh, this is Jess. She's won in a community award for doing things in her community. And was, like, trying to basically shame this woman from Towie. But never, ever get a bob on yourself or think you're better. Never, 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 because you never know where you could be, you know. Well, I don't, I literally can't even remember the name of that person and I, I'm fairly certain she's nowhere now, so... Well, you know. There you go. There you are. I think you've just got to stay grounded and stay humble and stay nice and kind and and I think yeah. that's what my mum has always instilled in me. So I'm really grateful. She's a wonderful woman. So how would you sign off your letter to your mum? What do you want to say to her? Oh, the biggest thank you. And there are no there are no words but thank you and I love you with all my heart. We'll be back after a short break. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So the second letter I asked you to think about was to somebody who's no longer with us. So who would that be? Well, I never thought I would have to pick someone that was a friend in this. I always, if I, if I was ever to be asked this question, I thought it would be a grandparent. But sadly, about five months ago, I lost one of my best friends really suddenly. Emily, who was in our friendship group from Lipper, where I trained as a, an actress, she suddenly passed away really unexpectedly. I think I would have to address that letter to her because I just I just really miss her. How did she die? And I, so young? Oh, so young, just so suddenly. Um, I won't go into too much detail, but she loved life, absolutely loved life, and she was probably the most selfless person I knew. If there was ever a, a gathering or a, a show that one of our friends was in, Emily would be there with bells on. It's very, very hard to lose somebody mm. young when you are young. It's just like not the rhythm of the universe. Yeah, it happens to... Most people it, will experience it, it yeah. um, at some point. But it's... You sort of prepare yourself your whole life for losing yeah. older people because, you know, there is mm -hmm. a winding down with the amount mm -hmm. you see your grandparents, for example, or there's just sort of yeah. a slowing down. And if somebody is taken in while they're burning bright, I suppose, it just feels like it's just so horrible. No, you have not had I any mean, time to prepare. It feels like the wind's been taken out of it. you. And I think you're right. It is the circle of life. It doesn't make it easier when you lose a grandparent or a parent. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. But you mentally kind of prepare yourself for that because you know that's coming. Mm. But yeah, to yeah. lose a friend and to lose her so young, it's literally taking the wind out my sails. I don't think that there is enough talked about it because within your family, you do sort of think about it and prepare for it. But you, you mm -hmm. very rarely... Also, you wouldn't get the same... Not sympathy. People will be sympathetic and kind. Mm -hmm. But, like, you know, if you need time off work because your mum's died, that's relatively understood. Yep. But if one of my best friends died, now bear in mind... I would see them ten times more than I see my parents. I mean, my mum <laughs> did die. Uh, you know, I see my dad every weekend, but I see, like, mm -hmm. my best friends week in, week out because, mm -hmm. like, they're picking my kids up from school and, yeah. like, we're in each other's lives. I just don't think that there is the same, like, understanding of what that feels like to lose somebody. And also, as a friend, you don't want to pry into it. You don't know how to behave, do you? Because, you know, you're yeah. not the main event... <laughs> in a situation like that. but And so there isn't really the language or the understanding of how you're meant to Gosh. react in, in those circumstances either. No, and I, that's what I found really hard. I found it really hard to navigate through. I mean, luckily, we've got a really solid friendship group. Mm -hmm. There were seven of us, now there's six of us. But the comforting thing is, is we're all going through it. Yeah. And we're all at the other end of the phone if we need each other. But... You know, it just doesn't make it easy. And you, you feel really cheated. Yeah. I feel really cheated that she had so much life left. She was the most 
wonderful person. She was so talented. She had so mm. much. I can visualise her future. I can visualise her life of what she could have led. And I just think, why? And it just makes you question everything and it makes you just think, this really isn't fair. Like, Yeah, what? also you think about all the things... Could have anything Could've, helped. Yeah. Uh, and you don't do that when somebody has a long-term illness or no. is like, you know... You know, could I've done something like it's it's just a horrible yeah. situation to be left in. It is a horrible situation. I mean, the comforting thing is as well, we always we're a friendship group that always tells each mm. other we love each other. And I did. I told her a lot. I loved her. And that's one thing I would say, you know, it's very cliche, but tell your friends mm. you love them. I know we say it to our our family and our parents and our partners, but tell your friends you mm. love them because it's such a comfort. And, yeah, it and you is. just never know what's around the corner. You just don't know, do you? No. My friend Jo Cox, when she was killed, I had been with her, like, it must have been, what, less than 48 hours before that happened. And funnily enough, the last thing I said to her was, I love you. Uh, oh. And and I was so grateful. But even, like, you know, when I didn't know whether she died or not, all I just kept texting her was you'll get this message when you wake up. Even though I, mm -hmm. I knew, really, she wasn't going to. Mm -hmm. I love you, I love you, I love you. Like, you know, so do it do while it they're while they're alive, here. you know, yeah. do it. Just even if our lives get in the way and we don't see each other as much as we want to, but just send that text mm. just to say, hi, Do it when you're drunk, uh, you know, oh, failing God, anything give, else. Give yeah. him a nice voice note when you've had a bit to drink. Yeah. And I just mean, confide, my friend Ruth, confess. who is not a sentimental sort, yet when we've been out on the last year, always write something like, love you, bitches, uh, <laughs> like oh. make it make it like that, like uh, but you know, and, you know he, that they mean that from the yeah. That's of it. Their like heart. when drunk, we'll say those things. So just do it then, if that feels more comfortable. So she was an actress too. She was. She was an incredible actress, a singer. She should have been on the West End. She would have been on the West End. And um, yeah, I feel really sorry for the people who probably haven't got to watch her perform. Because she was, oh, she was phenomenal. A phenomenal person inside and out. And like I say, you know, she was the most selfless person. And just always there for you. No matter what was going on, she'd be like, so how are you? You know, be like, um, I don't know, something terrible could have happened. Like, I, I don't know, she could have just been poured down with rain and her clothes would all be sopping wet. She'd had the worst day, but she's like, but how are you? <laughs> you know, Aww. she was... So how would you sign off your letter to her? I would say, oh, I can't wait to see you again. I hope to see you again. And thank you for choosing me to be your friend. And I just, I love you. Oh, and that's the most important thing. Everybody should go tell out there your friends and, you love and them. tell their friends that yeah. you love them. Just, yeah. just make every moment count because you just never know what's around the corner. So the last letter I asked you to think about is to somebody who has had an effect on your life but wouldn't necessarily know it. So who would that be? That would be... Now, she's got two names because she got married while I was at school, but I love her um, maiden name, and it's Madame Joubert. And um, it was my form tutor at school, and she's now Madame Howarth. I love this thing about calling the Madame... I know, she was a French <laughs> teacher. Madame, yeah... Frau Butler I had, you see. Oh, did you? Because we did German, Frau Butler. 
Um, but yeah, Madame Gilbert. Madame Gilbert. I went to school with a girl called Anne Gilbert, who um, she um, and she was half French. Oh, she. Mm. I used to call her Anne Gilbert though, but she said Anne Gilbert. Gilbert. Yeah. I know the French just have great surnames, but I think it's probably the way that they say them. My brother is married to a French woman and her surname is Noël Eto, which means Christmas. Oh, like her name it. is literally Mrs Christmas. Mrs Christmas. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> that is a name. That is a strong yeah, name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Madame Gilbert. Madame Gilbert. Which school was this at? So, this was at secondary school. So, primary school, I didn't have the best time. I got bullied at primary school. So, I was quite apprehensive of going to secondary school and... The universe must have known because they landed me with her and I thank my lucky stars because she was a great role model to have at school and a great listener and a great support. And she really, she was like this lioness that took all our form tutor under her wing like we were all her cubs. And she was fiercely protective of us. And she just, she was just great. And I think if... Anyone at school has someone like her, they are off to a pretty good start because she would listen. And I think, you know, teachers are so bombarded with work and, you know, Mm. it's a lot for them. There's so much workload that I can imagine it gets on top of them. So to do all that and to be there for someone like she was for all of us is a gift. Mm, Absolutely. They have to do so much. They're social workers now as well as, I mean, the level of mental health support that has to be done by teachers who aren't necessarily trained. They're not. and and In fact, they're not trained to deal with that. They're they're not. But And this is the beauty, I think. You know, back then we didn't have anything like that. Not at all. You just didn't. Whereas now I'm a champion for a charity called Place to Be, a mental health charity. They're in a, a, a wide range of schools in the UK and there is someone there specifically trained to talk to kids and young people about bullying or about bereavement or anything mm. that they're going through. Whereas when I was at school, we didn't have that, but I had Madame Gilbert. Good old Madame Gilbert. Good old Madame Gilbert. And I didn't get bullied in secondary school, but there's still challenges, don't get me wrong. Mm. And and um, just a lot of life questions. And again, you know, being the kid that wanted to sing and dance, she never rolled her eyes at that. She was always incredibly supportive of that. Because I think a lot of people can go, yeah, yeah, OK, all right, Evie, <laughs> head in the clouds. <laughs> I can imagine. You know, I probably did have at that age, but she never made me feel like that. She made me feel like, yeah, you could do that. Can't you do that? Amazing. Yeah. Were you any good at French? No, no. Oh, no. I was going to say, most people who have, like, loving stories to tell about the teachers, languages teachers, I always think have the roughest ride of it because, actually, learning a language... Imagine teaching, like, 35, 13-year-olds French vocab... I think you deserve, like, the Nobel Prize. I mean, I can't think of anything worse than having to try and make kids learn a language. Do you know what? I didn't even think of that, you know? I mean, I hated languages. I was, like, clever at school, but I was so rubbish at languages. And so you just act up in the lessons because... It mu- it's like, it's nails oh, to be a languages yeah. teacher. And it must have been so frustrating for her, teaching her own native language... And children just not yeah. caring. Well, I suppose they did. I mean, no, I shouldn't say they didn't care. They probably did. I mean, I think she got really good results out of our class. To be honest, I never took French. I took Spanish and Russian. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> 
Can you remember much <laughs> Russian? Dosvidanya. That's Strasvidya. <laughs> Minyazovu TV. What did you do, that's Russian? That's... I think they did Russian at my school. Did yeah, you? I didn't do it, but there was a teacher called Mr Markatich and I vaguely remember that he was a Russian native speaker. Oh, wow. Yeah, they definitely... There was an option to do Russian, but that seems odd, doesn't it? Yeah. In is. West Midlands I'm, schools, I don't they're teaching really. kids Russian seems... Seems odd. You know what I just think is really weird is that there's not an option to learn the community languages in Birmingham. Like, the most useful thing for me would have to have been taught to speak Urdu, like, or Punjabi. That would have been really, really helpful to me in my life now. Yeah. Um, Because I have to speak to lots of people for whom English is not their first language. It would be great if you could tick a box of what languages you'd like to to learn. To learn, yeah. I mean... That would be... Oh, I can swear in all Birmingham community languages, but uh, and it's people's mothers get a terrible drubbing, it seems. Certainly in Punjabi swear words, it seems very heavily to be critical of people's oh, mothers. No. But I just think teaching teenagers who oh. aren't interested and are likely, you know, the people of... Kings Winford. The idea that they're going to spend a huge amount of time in France or Spain, trying to get them to see that it was worthwhile to bother, she must have had the patience of a saint. Do you know what? Now I think about it, I respect her even more. (laughs) (laughs) I really Good old Madame Gilbert. Madame Gilbert, what a woman. My husband pointed something out to me that I had never, ever noticed, uh, even though I spent many, many hours of my life watching Peppa Pig with my children. And that that is that Madame Gazelle, who is the French teacher in Peppa Pig, yeah. is called Madame Gazelle because it's Madame Wazelle. Oh, I was like that. See. Oh, my God, I, I never noticed that. Madame Gazelle, Madame Wazelle. That makes sense. I don't watch Peppa oh. Pig because that isn't our... Uh, uh, yes, I was going to say, sorry, that is crossing the streams. Uh, but uh, yeah, it is. But that is, that just makes Madame sense. Madame Gazelle, Madame Wazelle. <laughs> and I never... It, he was like, if you didn't notice that. There's loads of things in kids' TV like that, though, you didn't notice. There's a like lot. That, There's a lot. And when you watch it as an adult with your children, you're like, oh, this is for me, this bit. Like, they're yeah. not going to get it's it. It's like a panto. You'll get that with panto as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, a bit for the parents, a bit for the kids. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. it's a noble art making family entertainment that's for everybody and like the sort of um tv programs nowadays like they're so good at it like ghosts for example is oh oh my gosh like me and my husband want to watch it as much as our kids wanted to watch it i think horrible histories was the sort of turning point for that like being like this is quality this is absolutely brilliant it's so good horrible histories it's just brilliant. We do want to make kids TV that adults want to watch, though, really, don't you? Because yeah. we are in, you know... The the greatest breakthrough you'll ever have with your child is when they want to watch a feature-length film all the way through. You feel like I've nailed parenting. And then the next breakthrough is when they want to watch a feature-length film that you want to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You won, so you've won at life. Now, I've got an, I've got 18-year-olds now and they want to watch things like Goodfellas, so I'm like, that. oh, this oh. is good. <laughs> Yes, um, yes. So how would you sign off your letter to Madame Joubert? Well, I think I've already said it, but I think I would say if every pupil had someone like you in their lives, they'd be off to a great start. Have you ever written to her to tell her? No, I mean, funnily enough, I did panto in Wolverhampton um, a couple of years ago and she came to watch me. Ah, I love um, It was lovely and she messaged me after because she took her grandchildren and I did send her a massive message to say thank you. And that how much I loved her. Oh, that's lovely. I bet she just thinks, well, you know, it's my job to get you out in the world, but to you it means the world. To me, it really, really means the world, and I'll never forget her. And, you know, I think 
it's really, really lovely that the role that teachers play. And we're so lucky to have teachers. Yeah, we should. We're honestly, so and so many of them are so feel so devalued at the moment. I know, but they're just they're. Oh, and everybody incredible. can name one that changed their life actually, yeah, and yeah. we shouldn't forget that. We shouldn't forget that. No. Um, well, it has been a total pleasure talking to you, Evie, oh, in Jess, your it's been uh, so lovely. in your lovely Midlands accent. I know. I especially enjoy the upper lever gornal chat, which nobody else but us will pay any attention <laughs> no to. No one. Uh, yeah, Bev. and Bev. Bev will be glad that we understand the microaggressions <laughs> of coming from different bits of the black country. Um, it has been a total pleasure uh, to talk to you. Thanks so much for coming on. Oh, thank you so much, Jess. It's been brilliant. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Yours Sincerely with Jess Phillips. If you want to hear more conversations just like this, make sure you click the follow button now on the app where you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow us on social media. We're at Jess Phillips Pod, and I'll be back next week with a brand new episode. This has been an Audio Always original. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.